Welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with me, Susie Chase. Hi there, I'm Leanne Brown, and I am the author of Good and Cheap, Eat Well on $4 a Day. This cookbook is so timely. Food insecurity is a huge problem around the world and right in our backyard in the United States. 46 million Americans have to survive on $4 a day through the food stamp program. Leanne, what prompted you to address this issue in your new cookbook, Good and Cheap, Eat Well on $4 a Day? Well, so with a combination of things, I certainly think, you know, the numbers that you just quoted really, really struck me. Um, And I think part of the reason that really in particular struck me was that I grew up in Canada um, and I moved to New York City about four years ago to begin the uh, the food studies program, uh, the master's degree at NYU. And so there's 46 million people living on food stamps, you know, and millions more who are sort of on the edges of that. And there's only 35 million people in all of Canada. And so that really struck me as a really significant issue. And I just think, I mean, you hear those numbers and and how can you not want to, to do something to address it? Um, and, then, and then beyond that, it was... I'd always been, I'd always really loved cooking. I, I, I really had come into the program thinking, you know, I I'm, I'm, want to be open-minded and sort of see where this takes me, but I also really want to spread my own personal uh, joy of cooking because I think it's one of the most powerful things we can do in our lives to just improve things, improve our health, and just uh, connect ourselves with food a little bit better and what sort of better way to, to do that. And, and when this issue came up and... I had a lot of experiences during my degree that really led me to realize that I think I'm sort of uniquely uh, good at, at expressing, at really showing people that it's cooking and not budget that is the key to really, really good food. So for any home cook on a budget, this cookbook is a strategy guide. Give us some of your best supermarket strategies. Sure. It depends on where you're starting, you know, what your general habits are in the supermarket. But one of the things is you're going to want to just start buying things in their most sort of raw state. Um, buying uncooked grains and dried beans and things like that. And then in the produce section, you know, there's some small things that you can do that will save you money um, in, a, in a big way. And those are, you know, buying things sort of in bulk, you know, buying things like potatoes and onions and things that, that last quite a long time, um, buying larger bags of those. Usually it's less expensive. Now, of course, you should check and make sure that the cost per pound is, in fact, cheaper, not just sort of make that assumption. Um, but for the most part, it will be um, doing things like rather than buying the sort of perfect uh, bag of, of freshly washed lettuce, which is, is usually double the price of the, um, the bunch of lettuce, you know, buy that bunch of lettuce and just wash it at home. Um, buy the bag of, of carrots rather than the, the sort of similar one pound bag of baby carrots, which um, is one of those funny things that is about double the price and really has almost no difference. It's just that they sort of process the carrots into baby carrots. I know they're Uh, not even babies, right? No, they're not. It's just a name for chopped up sort of made to look like small carrots. carrots. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So there's all kinds of things like that. And then the other, this really big sort of supermarket and general cooking uh, tool that I, I really recommend is to just think about buying and to 
think about making a pantry that is uniquely your own, that is made up of the sorts of things that you like to cook with so that you can have food on the table sort of quickly most of the time. Um, so for me, that means always buying eggs, and it means making sure that I have, you know, things like canned tomatoes, maybe some pasta, rice, dried beans, things like that, always around, and dried spices, so that then, depending on the season, I can buy the wonderful seasonal fruits and vegetables and be inspired by that to make sort of a variety of meals. So things like, I have this one recipe in the book that I always feel is a really great example. It's the crustless quiche. And so you take onions and you caramelize them and that's your your beautiful crust and and you sort of spread that on the bottom of your plate and then you take whatever you know vegetables you happen to have around and maybe it's you know the lovely fresh cauliflower that you bought yesterday but maybe it's you know the little bits of, of wilted spinach that you have from earlier in the week and the like half a tomato from making a sandwich and uh maybe it's the leftover um you know, cabbage that like it could be anything, you know, or pieces of little chunks of ham from something. Um, and you throw that into your dish and then you make your, um, your egg custard, which is just, you know, eggs, some kind of dairy, often a little bit of cheese. You whip it up and you pour it over, um, you know, whatever, whatever you've decided to put in there and then you bake it. And that's really what you have. And I want people to sort of be in a position to be able to make think to sort of have dishes like that. They're like, I'm going to just make my quiche with this. You know, I'm just going to make, you know, my, my fried rice with this, my, um, whatever sort of basic, really flexible recipe and be able to substitute whatever you happen to have around, whatever is seasonal, um, whatever sort of jumps to mind, rather than having to go off to the store constantly to buy things for really specific recipes. I want people to be set up to walk into your kitchen, look at your pantry, and just be able to make out of it whatever you have around so that you're not wasting um, and you're really just using up every last I love how you even have included a seasonal chart because I, I, I kind of think of lettuce as like all seasons. Well, and the funny thing is, I mean, it's, it, that was kind of a difficult thing. We tried to create a general guide for seasonality for the United States. But, of course, the United States is a huge, huge place, and every part has differences. You know, the Pacific Northwest has very different seasons than, um, than the Northeast and certainly than, you know, there's some parts of the South, like Louisiana has really its almost very own climate. Um, so that is a very general guide, but you'll definitely want to sort of think about and get in touch with, uh, with the seasonality of wherever you actually happen to live. I love how you've designed these recipes to be personalized. For example, one of the best comfort foods, toast. You have 13 (laughs) variations of things on toast. For me, that's really my kind of comfort food. And it's also sort of, I felt, one of the most perfect things to make if you're on your own, if you're you're single, or, you know, you're just your your roommates or your your family or whoever happen to be away. Um, It's a really wonderful way to kind of treat yourself well, um, make a really nice little meal for yourself while really not having to spend so much time. Because I know that um, cooking as a single can be really difficult sometimes, not only to get enough variety in your diet because you're sort of having to buy a certain amount of things and then use them up. And so you end up eating kind of some things over and over, which can get dull. I know for a lot of people, just cooking for yourself can be, can lack motivation. You know, eh, why should I bother to make stuff just for me? Right. Um, but it can be, but so 
stuff on toast. It's sort of a way to take whatever you have around again, you know, and, and really make it just a little bit special, whether it's um, toasting or, you know, sauteing lightly some greens with, uh, with a little bit of I love anchovy and garlic, you know, with squeezing lemon onto things. Um, sort of taking maybe some leftovers that you might have and putting them on your toast and maybe grating a little cheese or some spices on top. Um, just something to kind of make, to remake something and make it feel like something that matters and um, feel, you know, like you're taking care of yourself, which I think is very important. And this could be breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Sort of whenever I usually, I tend to think of it more as a dinner, but I've certainly done lunchy things and, you know, things like beans on toast is like a classic breakfast in, in England and, and all over the place. I, you know, I definitely don't feel like we have to be stuck eating, um, breakfast things for breakfast or, um, or dinner things for dinner. I'm all for, you know, having a pile of lovely scrambled eggs for dinner when, when it makes sense. So last night for dinner, I made your potato leek pizza recipe on page 120. Oh, great. You know, I've never had potato on pizza I know, before. It's so strange, but nice. It was really nice because the potatoes were kind of moist and kind of crispy on the outside. I got this huge leek that also I can use for other things. Oh, yeah, yeah, great. You didn't use it all up? No. So I noticed that it was $2.25 a serving for this recipe. And all your recipes have prices on them. I basically um, made up a giant list of ingredients of sort of basic pantry items that I knew would be the bulk of most of the recipes. And, um, you know, things from sort of every category of the store and and, um, the most, what I consider to be the most valuable sort of good, diverse ingredients, you know, all of which you can make, you know, a hundred different things from. And so I, I went to all the grocery stores in this one neighborhood, and I took down the prices for all of those items. And then I sort of averaged out the cost across all those stores. And that's how I sort of came to the prices that are in the book. They're based on those prices. Um, and so, of course, they are only indicative of a point in time and, and space there. Um, but I think that they're they're pretty useful sort of guideline, at least because they do exist in reality at one point. Um, sometimes things that are based on total national averages can almost be averaged out to the point of not being particularly useful. Um, so I felt like that was at least a good guide, and, and I hope it sort of stands up reasonably well. Talk to us about the You Buy, We Give program. Oh, sure. Well, so um, that came out of, obviously, um, because it started out as my thesis project, and, um, you know, it, it, I, I designed the book to be a cookbook uh, really in particular for people who probably couldn't really afford a cookbook. Um, who maybe could really, really use one, um, would love one. Um, it, w- it might be extremely empowering, but, you know, the $20 or whatever to, to buy a book is just unaffordable. Um, and so it started out as a free PDF, and then after that uh, sort of gained some popularity. I did a Kickstarter program and just stole the Tom's Shoes model, the buy one, give one. And um, that was incredibly popular, and we worked with um, – with hundreds of nonprofits across the country to get um, the books that we that we we made out of that, and then now that I am working with Workman Publishing, 
um, to put out the second edition, which has all the extra wonderful goodies um, in it. We, for everyone that has bought that retail, you know, whether it's online, whether it's at a bookstore, anywhere, we're donating one uh, to someone to someone or some family who could use it. And, and we're partnering with this wonderful organization called Access Wireless, and they are a lifeline provider. So the Lifeline program is this program that's been around since the 80s. And, um, and it's basically to give a, a free phone or phone plan um, to folks who really can't afford it. And it was designed with the intention that no one should ever have to choose between um, buying food and paying their food bill. Um, so the... The clients of, of Access Wireless are absolutely, you know, the people that we're really targeting. So they have helped um, distribute the, the donated copies through nonprofits all across the country, tons and tons of, of food pantries, and um, in some cases to their own clients. And at this point, they've distributed over 10,000 for us. Um, and that's just in the second edition. Um, I and, and my husband during the Kickstarter campaign last year were able to distribute, um, donate 9000 and then um, sell 24000 at cost to nonprofits. So at this point, you know, we have almost, I think we have almost 50 or a little over 50000 that have gotten out there, and it's fantastic. And if anyone wants to see the specific details of that, I have this wonderful map on my website at uh, leannebrown.com slash impact and it shows all the nonprofits that we've worked with all across the country and we are in all 50 states and there's over 800 organizations that we've worked with so you can see who we have worked with in your own community if you're really interested thanks so much Leanne for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast you bet it was really fun thank you 